Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Is this the nightcap? Yo, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Is this the nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Time now for the nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Man, isn't the NBA so fun? Russell Westbrook's on the move to the Lakers right now. I just wish the NHL was that fun. Or even half that fun. Right. I don't I don't a need quarter. it to be that fun. It can be just any percentage of fun. In the NBA, you have a superstar, multiple superstars available for trade every single year. And guess what happens? They get traded. Jack Eichel's like the first Super Bowl superstar caliber player. That's been available in decades, maybe. And just, it's like teeth grinding. The NBA is pulling like a teeth, real... I think pulling teeth is actually what I wanted there. Yeah. But yeah, go the, ahead. The NBA is like a real-time soap opera. Just drama. The off-season sometimes is more fun than the, the regular season. Like, yep. I wish the NHL was like that. Why do players have to be tied so long, especially stars, to their original franchises like why can't we have the movement of the nba why can't it be fun why can't general managers they they have to squeeze out every last third round pick out of these deals and ugh. joe dibiase brennan keeney here on the nightcap tonight on wgr the nba draft is tonight at eight o'clock i'm sure we'll have live coverage on espn radio following tonight's show um yeah we're still here Still no Eichel trade. No one's surprised at this point. I think Kevin Adams is trying to convince other teams, if you listen to him today, he's trying to convince other teams that he is perfectly fine with Jack Eichel being on this team at the start of the season. Now, we'll get into that in a moment. Eichel and Adams' comments, but... The Sabres made another move today. They They signed this John Hayton, who, to me... I, Mike and uh, Bulldog yelled at me earlier in the show for referring to him as a... Well, I didn't straight up say he is a goon. But I said he's as close as you'll come in the modern-day NHL to a goon. He is the eighth most fighting majors in the league since he entered the league. And he's just puts nothing up statistically. No power play. No shorthanded. He's going to play 10 minutes. He averages less than 10 minutes a night. So he's on your fourth line. It's a big guy that fights. About as close as you're going to get. 
And, like, I don't know, is he on my team at the beginning of the year? He doesn't have to be. That's John Hayton. He has a two-way contract. But the point is, go try to put a lineup together for the Sabres on opening night. The blue line is not embarrassing. I'll give you that. The blue line is not embarrassing. I tried this exercise last night, and the blue line I came out with was Dahlin, Yoki Haru, Pasek and Butcher, Hag and Miller. I think some of those guys are sneaky good. I think a Butcher-Pesic pairing is kind of sneaky good. And you're taking 25 minutes a night that went to Rasmus Ristolainen, and you're distributing it elsewhere. And I think that's an improvement in its own right. Did you see that stat, by the way? What? The difference in Pesic playing and Ristolainen playing over a 40 uh, over over an 82 game season and no. what the expected goal differential should be <laughs> no what was it was it was it? 40 goals positive <laughs> for the sabers that's amazing <laughs> And is amazing. I mean, that's flabbergasting. Even that it's that different. Um, but it seems yeah, impossible. like even that. Like give give nineteen of Ristolainen's twenty four minutes to Mark Pasek, and I think that's an upgrade. Uh, playing on the Sabers second pair. So the blue line, fine. The forward group is pretty abysmal. Let's say Eichel's not here for the sake of this conversation. Cousins. Olafson, Skinner, Middlestat, Thompson, Asplund, Rootsalainen, Hinostroza, Bjork, Gergensens, Kajula, Poso. That might be your top 12, with Eakin being an extra. That is, who is scoring goals? Who is scoring goals on that team? And now, we know who the goalies are. 24 hours ago at this point, we had no clue. Thought, oh, maybe Devin Dubnik is a name that might end up being. We thought he might be worth considering as the betting favorite just because he was the top free agent goalie on the market. And they're just like, no, we're just going to sign, you know, not the worst they could have possibly done. But to me, what did they do with Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell? They signed the worst possible goalies that they could sign and also get away with it without people thinking that you're, okay, this is blatant tanking. It might be tanking, but it's not blatant tanking. I mean, Anderson did have a couple of solid playoff games at the end of last season for Washington. Dell, actually for a back, he's got career backup numbers, a 906 save percentage. It's a little higher, um, ranks a little bit higher five on five. But this team, I don't, I don't know. Th- this is a good question. How close are they to what they did in 2014-15? How close are they to blatant tanking? They're, I don't think they are blatantly tanking. They're not close at all. Oh, man, really? Because I feel like there all. might be a little of that going on. I, I, I completely disagree. I don't think they are close at all. What they're doing is they're putting their young, their young new core, they're basically throwing them to the wolves and saying whatever happens, happens. I don't think that's tanking. I think that's just them saying we, this year is about development, and however this year plays out, we'll address it next offseason. I think if that's true, the lineup doesn't look quite the same as what I just kind of read through. I think if you really are going all in in that regard, you got to have some veterans because you've you got to hit, hit the cap floor. You can't have straight they're, they're entry level to, contracts. They're going to hit the cap floor. They still they got several RFAs they got they, signed. But what I'm saying is if you want to gear your team towards youth, for this upcoming season, well, immediately I might think, all right, well, maybe I should trade Colin Miller away for a third or a fourth round pick so I can give those minutes to Matias Samuelson 
or give those minutes to Jacob Bryson. I should be putting, I should have signed Hino Stroza in the first place because I want to guarantee Roots Align as a roster spot. Maybe I want to give Jack Quinn an opportunity to make the team out of camp. There are other guys, Brett Murray. Brett Murray is a name for this. But I don't but, think that takes into consideration where the organization feels those different guys are in their development. They probably look at Cousins and say, he can handle what we're going to throw at him. They look at Middlestat and say, he can handle what we, we're, we're going to throw at him. Okay. They probably don't look at uh, Samuelson as... Oh, we, we, basically, he has to be maybe here. it's the best. Yeah, that he has to be here. Maybe the best situation for Samuelson and Bryson is to be the top minutes getters in Rochester. Maybe that's how they view their development at this point. Okay, that's fair. So I, I think the goaltending though is where I I struggle to to think that there's none of that going on. But I, like I could what they be did wrong. With the goaltending. I love what they did with the goaltending. Why would you commit to a goaltender long term under these situations? Well, that's fair, but man, they 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 or give up an asset to get one. I didn't need them to give up an asset to get one, but well, I guess I guess I'm I'm, I'm playing both sides because how much better could they really have done? Right. Other than I I guess Dubnik would clearly be a better option, but maybe Dubnik didn't he want any part of you. And he, right, it takes two to tango. And does Dubnik really fit the timeline? Unless it's a one year deal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like right. a one year deal. Anybody is the signing here. You have to accept that it's on a one year deal. Right. So would Dubnik have wanted to come here on a one year deal? Right. Maybe the answer is no. What's interesting to me, and I think. I think this will definitely fly in the face if there's any thought of them trying to finish at the bottom. I really am interested whether Lukanen can take this net. Hmm. Adams said today, and I think you can just kind of even see it, by the fact that Dell, who we're all kind of assuming would be a Sabre move, that he would be in the NHL, he's got a two-way contract. Right. So they're giving Lukanen an opportunity to win the net. And I don't want to rule out that that's... A, a possibility, even Maybe. a strong possibility. Do, do you think it's any coincidence that they signed the oldest person they could possibly get <laughs> to play goalie? We and talked help. about Ryan Miller yesterday. He <laughs> apparently wasn't available. <laughs> and and help mentor whoever. If Lukanen were to win the job in mm-hmm. camp, I mean, I don't know if there'd be as good of a backup that fits the Sabres timeline and can mentor Lukanen mm-hmm. into how to play the position day in and day out for hopefully more than a decade. I mean, Craig Anderson, I don't know if this is true. My brother texted me this. He said, we went to a game, the game in 2006, the 2006-2007 season where Vanek scored an overtime goal against Florida. Craig Anderson was the goalie for Florida. <laughs> he, I saw today he played with, oh, who did he play with? He played with Phil Housley in Chicago. That's <laughs> how long he's been in the league. He played with Phil Housley. Your Darren Helm tweet uh, blew I my mind as well. Can't Real, on the topic of old players. That guy is still in the league. He's been with Detroit this whole time. How does a guy not he never scored fifteen goals? How do you get to stay with a team with one team for almost twenty years? Um yeah, he played with Dominic Hasek and Chris Chelios in Detroit. That's how long Darren Helm was in Detroit. He just signed a one year deal in Colorado today. I don't know, though, yet where I stand on Lukanen because I'm trying not to let some of my football opinions bleed into 
how I wanna how I wanna judge what they do with Explain. Luke Explain because one thought I had immediately, Anthony Chandra of Expected Buffalo was kind of arguing for this on Twitter, and that's what kind of made me think this way. Is the way he was phrasing it is finding out what you've got. Because that is that's a very football-y take that I like to have. That the a part of the reason why you got to get your rookie quarterbacks in as quickly as possible is you need to find out what you have. Don't wait a year because all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. Mm. And I don't think there's a lot of development that comes at least in the NFL that way. But at in least in ho- the at least in hockey, you can play somewhere else. Right, you can play somewhere else. I could still judge how you're doing because you're going to be playing number one goalie minutes and games for the Rochester Americans. I would imagine over Dustin Tokarski. But how is there an argument to be made? Not only should Lukanen be with the Sabers this year because it could be best for his development, but. Maybe I need to just find out what I have there. Because a lot of elite young goaltenders, they're able to come into the league right away. You know, like, it's it sometimes is rocky. In fact, a lot of times it's very rocky. This happened to Philadelphia twice in the last 10 years, where Sergei Bobrovsky and Carter Hart both entered the league as 20-year-olds and had very rocky starts. But Bobrovsky came out on the other end of it as a two-time Vesna winner. And... I don't know. I would still be somewhat confident that Carter Hart is still going to be a starting goalie in the NHL, despite the fact that he was garbage last season Awful for the Flyers. And there are other examples. Like, right now in Washington, Ilya Samsonov came in as like a 21-year-old, and he was okay last year. Again, not amazing. Andre Vasilevsky entered the league as a 20-year-old as a backup to Ben Bishop. He wasn't even playing a lot of games. That kind of flies in the face of a lot of the development arguments that you want that guy playing a ton of action in the AHL over backing up somebody in the NHL level. I think if Lukanen is going to be considered one of these top goalie prospects still, I don't know, at 21 years old, and given that he looked like he was, you know, not out of place at the end of last season, 22, did I say 21? 22. I might just want to let him start the season. I think I'm leaning towards I want him to start the year in Buffalo as their, their I think as their number one. I'm fine with it. I wouldn't want him to be the backup. That like to me that do, that doesn't make sense. So if no, he is I want on minutes. the roster, I I want him to get the minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. And also, I'm sort of and I know this is a terrible kind of space to be in, but I'm sort of at the spot of what do you have to lose? <laughs> right. I laugh, but it's 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 it's, it's right. What, what do you, do you have, have to, lose? to lose by experimenting? And here's the thing: we know this team is not going to be very good this year. So at least be interesting. At least make me want to watch every night. I can tune in. How does Lukanen look? How does Cousins look? Mm-hmm. Oh, Middlestat made a great play. Those are the things that can get me to turn on the television every night. Yeah, and. I, I'll be happy to do it. Can watch it right in front of my eyes. Hopefully this next core of the Sabres kind of grow. Mm-hmm. And if that's what the team sells us on this year, I'm about it. I think that's one of their only avenues to sell you on anything right? this year. I mean, you want people to tune in. You want people to buy tickets. I mean, it's sad to say that you'd be at this point with a second-round goaltender that has an 880 save percentage in the AHL. But 
he's one of the few guys that will draw interest for you. Right. And I don't want that to be the reason they'd make the decision. Sure. But we've come too far at this point for that to <laughs> Yeah. No, we don't want that. But I do think there is some real logical arguments to why he should play. And I think you know like the like we kind of both have said it here. The worry with have rushing a guy to the NHL that like that is him not playing enough. And I don't have that issue here. The mm-hmm. net's wide open. They're not going to feel entitled. They'll like, feel like they have to give Craig Anderson a certain amount of games. Craig Anderson probably was ready to retire. And and the other thing is this team isn't going to be in any sort of race. So no. it's not like if, race you know, bottom. one of the, going back to football, one of the worries is that a Tua situation kind of develops where he doesn't look great, and you have a very capable backup quarterback, and mm-hmm. your team is good enough to be a, a playoff contender. So what do you do? Do you take the rookie out because you actually are trying to win games? That situation does not apply at all for the Sabres. If no. Luganen has a rocky start, guess what? Go get him tomorrow, big boy. We're not mm-hmm. try, We're not in a race to try to win games here. Right, there's no pressure whatsoever exactly. on him. And, again, to kind of circle back to my original point, I do like the idea of kind of finding out what you have. Mm. Even if you're even, – I don't know. It's, it's, you can't put a number on it. But just for sake of conversation, let's say them putting him in the NHL this year as opposed to the AHL decreased the likelihood that he'll become their franchise goalie by 10%. I feel like I'd still want to do it because, again, a year from now – or two years from now, if he has a significant amount of NHL sample size and it hasn't gone well, well, guess what? I now know I can't rely on him to be my number one goalie of the future, and I have to start making other plans. And, and if he's have... never going to become that player, there's a chance he never becomes that player. Right. I'm not sure I want to waste three, four years to figure that out before I have a final answer. And you, know? and you also have two other goaltending prospects in the system right. that people are at least reasonably hopeful for, and yeah. Eric Portillo and yes. Devin Levy. They're worth mentioning because they're going to get here at some point. And look at their trajectory. They're both going to play college hockey this year. They're both going to be starting goalies. Portillo, who backed up at Michigan last year, Straussman graduated. He's going to play overseas. So Portillo, Sabres' third-round pick from a couple years ago, is going to be the starting goalie in one of the best college sports teams ever and probably the most talented college hockey team of all time. He's that team's starting goalie. He's 20 years old. What is he, two, three years away? Devin Levy. He's going to start for Northeastern this year. And then what? Maybe he's in Rochester by the end of the year. Right. Maybe he's in Rochester next year. Maybe he's knocking on the door by next year or the year after that. At some point, Lukanen is going to look around, and right now, all the development, all the attention from the player development side in Buffalo and Rochester in net will be focused on him. And soon, there's going to be two other guys standing next to him. They're going to be fighting for that same job that he's going to want, the Sabres' number one goalie job of the future. He's going to have two guys that are competing for it, and this would be a chance to almost give him a head start. And I, I like the I like there's a lot of good arguments here I think for making Lucan in the number one but again I do wanna I do want to emphasize that I understand that there's a good chance you rush him and it could derail things you know I you brought this up earlier in the show and I think 
if the Sabres blue line was an utter disaster, I wouldn't feel as comfortable with him being here. And I'd want him to get all those minutes in what should be a better Rochester Americans team, at least comparative Mm -hmm. to where the Sabres are. So the fact that I do like the Sabres blue line, not love, I like the Sabres blue line. It's an average blue line in the league. Sure. It's not embarrassing. He's not going to get just peppered with 45 to 50 shots a night, hopefully. I think they are good enough on the back end of the roster where I feel more comfortable in him being up this year. That's a good point, too. 8030550 is the phone number. If you've got a thought on Lukanen being the number one goaltender, I've also got a Darlene hypothetical we could get to. And I love the Darlene talk love, lately. You do you? I really it's fascinating. We'll get it we'll get yeah, we'll get into his contract. And then we've got to talk about where we're at with Eichel given what Kevin Adams said today. And, you know, the Devils are becoming an interesting idea. There's nothing out there uh tangible to, to tell you that they're actually in on this idea, but They've got $22 million in cap space. And you don't sign Dougie Hamilton to just not right. They're trying to do win. things. Right. They're, they're trying to win. So the, let's let's talk about the Devils a little bit before we get out of here as well. To your calls next, though, at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. There's no change in the medical side. It's we're in the same spot we were as the last time I talked to you. Um, we're continuing to have a lot of conversations with teams and we're open on all our players as I've said over and over again and Jack in particular phone rings we have conversations but I think what's what's critically important to make sure is clear is that you know we're in control of this process we have a player under contract we don't feel any pressure if there is a deal out there that we feel is the right thing for the Buffalo Sabres it's going to help us um, improve whether that's improve right away or improve down the road those are all the things we weigh we'd be open to it but you know we're not in a position where we feel that you know, we're just we're just going to do something to do it. That doesn't make any sense. So, um, but those con- those conversations are continuing to go. All right, Kevin Adams, Sabers general manager, earlier today. What do you make of what he said? It's pretty much exactly what we said last night. Why make a bad trade now just to get it done with? You have the guy under contract for what five more years. Mm-hmm. Make a deal when the market is better. It's that simple. You cannot lose this trade. Or you you know what? I will, I'll take I take that back. You can afford to lose this trade a little bit because you likely will lose the trade. But you cannot get embarrassed in this trade. You have right. to get some quality assets back. Yeah, you got to What do you got to do? You got to cover the spread. Just don't get blown out. Don't lose 42 to nothing. Lose like, yeah, we'll take we'll take a 28-24 loss. Right at this point. That's why I'm left wondering about just like making trades straight up for some of these prospects. Like, the Rangers continue to annoy the hell out of me on Twitter. But, like, would I do... Would you do Eichel for Lafreniere straight up? I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting swayed. Like, I don't want the quantity. And maybe he's a bad player for that. But, like, would I trade Eichel for Zegris and a throw-in at this point? Would I throw? Would I trade him for... Byfield? Byfield and a throw-in. At this point, like, what's a throw-in? A second-round pick, a Nick Hague-level prospect who we've been mentioning the last couple days from Vegas. I don't know. The Devils are also worth mentioning here too, just as an idea, because they've got twenty-two million in space. They signed Dougie Hamilton, so they must be trying to win. But 
would they have the assets to get it done? And do they have the motivation? Because they're not anywhere in rumors. And I'm back to dreaming about what you could get versus what would I take. And dreaming about what I would get is like the Hughes brothers from New Jersey. They just drafted Luke Hughes, fifth overall. They have Jack Hughes, who they drafted first overall a couple years ago. To me, it would be very surprising if they would split the two up, given they just drafted them probably in part because they're going to be together. Um, But it's not that bad. Is it that bad an idea? If they're trying to win, Jack Hughes has not done a lot yet, if anything. And Luke Hughes is was an underager at this past draft, so he's going into his freshman season at Michigan. Yeah, he could be two years away. So I don't know that it's that crazy. Unlikely, but is it that crazy? I like it from the Sabres end. Jack Hughes has 52 points in 117 games played, and I am not a huge, oh, just look at the points guy, but for a guy who is the first overall pick Mm -hmm. to be less than a half a point per game player is a tough look. I'm not saying I wouldn't consider it, and Jack Hughes looked significantly better just from an eye test perspective last year than his rookie year. Yep. And that Devils team is by no means an offensive juggernaut. I mean, he's not exactly playing with Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. Nope. So maybe, maybe you could get the Devils to sell low on Jack Hughes and try to make a run. Because there's no denying that right now, Jack Eichel makes your team significantly better than what Jack Hughes does. No doubt. There's absolutely no denying that. And I like your idea, like Luke Hughes. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a defenseman. Even though he's a defenseman, he uh, he's not anywhere close. You, you didn't bring in Dougie Hamilton to kind of wait for all this to right. to materialize. Like, it, at least I wouldn't think so. It, it seems like it would be a bizarre move. Like, if you wanted to, and it's been rumored for weeks that the Devils were going to make the most aggressive pitch for Dougie Hamilton. Why, if you're not really trying to go all in to win now, why make that move? I think it makes sense for them. Mackenzie Blackwood's developed into a nice young goaltender. Sabres might even try to get him in something like that. But I think you're done trying to go after goalies. Hopefully. Um, Yeah, I'm just throwing New Jersey out there because they have have the cap space that the Kings don't, that the the Golden Knights don't, that, well, the Ducks, I think, might have it. The Wild don't. See, the thing with the Wild has always struck me and why it doesn't make a ton of sense even though I like the package that the Wild could bring back is from their end what is it going to be like when they run into those major dead cap contracts that they just got rid of with Suter Mm -hmm. and Parisi in a couple years and then you add on top of that another 10 million dollars with Eichel and then on top of that another 8 to 10 million or whatever the Kaprizov contract is going to be like I I just can't see that reasonably working out for them unless they think they can win a cup this year and then trade Eichel again right I think their problem really is because their biggest issue is long-term cap space when Parise and Suter's buyout cap hits go through the roof in a couple of years I think their problem is they would want Jared Spurgeon or Jonas Brodeen to be a main or to be a, a significant asset going in an Eichel trade, and they don't fit what the Sabres would want or need. Twenty eight years old and thirty one years old, thirty one for Spurgeon, twenty eight for Brodeen. Sabres don't want that. They don't want those five or six year deals for each of them. Seven point five million for Spurgeon, six for Brodeen. That maybe is where a third team would come into play for them. Is I need a third team that really wants Jonas Brodeen. And 
they're going to give up a significant prospect or pick to give to the Sabres so that I don't have to give up both Rossi and Boldy and I can fit the cap space in. And that further complicates an Eichel trade, which is already complicated in the first place, and maybe that's why a deal hasn't happened with Minnesota. I don't know. But the Wild, the Devils, those are two teams to me that make a lot of sense because they've been chasing superstar number one centers for like the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time the Devils, Taylor Hall, they had to trade to get him. And he was a winger, but yeah. Right, and he was a winger, but... Is that their only, <laughs> excuse me, superstar? superstar forward? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Patrick Eliash was great. Was he ever a superstar? No, no, definitely not. Jamie Langenbrunner, like, what, what am I? Who am I talking about? Jason Arnott? Is that the last time they had? Which like, was amazing because they had a lot center? of really good teams for a long yeah, time. They ruined hockey. They did. They, they had an awesome <laughs> defense and an awesome goalie. They were the worst. They ruined hockey for ten years yeah, plus. You're right. Um, had nothing to do with. Patrick Eliash and Scott Gomez and Brian Gianta. Scott Gomez. Gianta had a 40-goal season there. Parise had a – Parise and Kovalchuk almost won a cup with them too. Kovalchuk. Yeah. The 17-year deal he almost signed with. uh... He's – he – before Hall, he's the answer. Like their last, like, great, like, star. He was was great for the first couple years there. Oh, yeah. Even maybe the last year there because he went to the KHL. Anyways – uh, just throwing the devils out there. Let's get into Darlene a little bit, but first let's take a call. 8030550 is the phone number. Jonathan and Alden is on the nightcap. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, guys. Um, I, to, I agree with your point. I think that would be a good trade. And about your initial point about um, Uka Pekalukin and being the number one goalie, I would say, yeah, I think I would like that. I mean, I'm a little hesitant that it will backfire, but I really liked what I saw from his game last year, so – I think Uga Pekalukinen should be could be a good number one goalie, and um, so far I really liked what I've seen from Kevin Adams. So I'm hoping he keeps this up. I'll thank you, and I'll take over the listen. All right, thanks for the call, Jonathan. Um, we talked about Lukin in the first segment. What would his odds be of being the number one goalie? What's the odds he starts opening night? Thirty percent. Yeah, like lower. Would it be no, on I, par I like, with? I like thirty percent. Okay. I like that. I mean, I like that. 30%? Maybe maybe more? Should, should I just split it up evenly? Are, Th- a third for people, all three? Are we trending? Are we? Are people trending towards the idea of Lukanen pulling this off? And maybe that was he, a part of management's plan the whole time? Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen. If they're going to decide who starts the first game based on merit and based on who looks the best at camp, he doesn't have a very high bar to clear. Exactly. They set the bar. They put it on the floor for him to walk over. All he's got to do is not fall on his face. Really? If if they're making the decision purely based on who looks the best. If they're making it based on what they think is best for him and development and where he might get the most games played, then... That could change the, the the competition, but if it's strictly who looks the best going into the season, I maybe Lukanen would be the favorite of the three. I don't know. Aaron Dell is a career backup, and Craig Anderson is a forty year old that hasn't really had an above average season in four years. The fact that they signed Dell to a two way certainly means the the possibilities open. Like management 
mm-hmm. believe like want oh, do you do you think they want it to happen? That's a I think yes. I'm going to guess yes. I am too. I think, I they, think they want him to come in and outplay these two. Yep. And they yep. can feel comfortable having him on the opening night roster. Well, cuz they I think they still want to feel like he's an elite goalie prospect. Sure. Absolutely. They want to believe Why wouldn't you? He yep. is one of the best goalie prospects in the world like he was once thought of before hip surgery kind of, you know, de- plateaued his development. And you would want him to take it over because if he shows up and he looks dominant, all right, let's go. This is the kid we thought we were getting. And he's 22. It's not crazy. He's not 19 that it could happen now. I'm, I'm, I'm falling for this idea more and more. All right, well, I'll pose this question. We'll talk about it for a minute, and then we'll take a timeout and come back to it because – we could really we could do a whole show just on the Rasmus Dahlin contract, and I'm sure we will. Um, but the hypothetical Hopefully it doesn't happen this weekend. No, why? What's this weekend? Oh, just because it would be overplayed. Yeah. Um, I thought about him getting offer sheeted today, and I know yes, there's no offer sheets. There's been one in 15 years or 12 years, whatever it is. But if someone offer sheeted him for seven years, nine and a half million per, that is. Under the four million dollar thru- or four first round pick threshold, so you'd be getting compensated with two first round picks, a second and a third. What would you do in that situation? Seven years, nine and a half million per. I put a poll up on Twitter, and it was in favor of matching it, but not by a lot. It was like fifty seven percent to forty three. Do you want me to answer now or later? You can answer now. Match it. You would match it. I would not match e- it. No hesitation. I would match it. I still believe in Darlene becoming an elite defenseman, and you do need something to build around we have no idea what those picks could turn into they could be the 20th pick in the draft and the 25th pick in the draft and then you have what a couple of third line prospects a couple of ryan i think you take your chances with darlene becoming a cal mccarr maybe not cal mccarr but you know the the, a little bit below cal mccarr Mm -hmm. i'm fine with that contract we'll talk about his contract when we come back and Adams actually did speak on it, as did Elliot Friedman earlier today of Sportsnet. So there might be some traction towards a, a Darlene deal getting done sometime in the near future. Uh, so we'll, we'll, long-term versus short-term, the, the cap hit, and Darlene being the face of the franchise, because I think that's where we are headed. We'll talk about him when we return. Jody Biasi, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap on WGR. You know, I think we, we had a lot of discussions, as I said to you guys, with Linus and his agent from, you know, back during the season all the way through until yesterday afternoon. He chose to go a different direction. I felt that we made a strong offer. What we weren't going to do was go beyond where we were comfortable. We have to maintain flexibility with our roster and where we go from here. So uh, we needed to stay disciplined. We felt where we got to, we were comfortable. Um, when he made a decision to go a different direction, you know, we pivoted then. Um, we certainly looked into some, you know, where the market was from, certain trade scenarios but you know for us giving up assets um, isn't something we were comfortable with at that point but we had done our work and we felt strongly that where we landed was where we wanted to be depending on how it played out with Linus. Kevin Adams kind of recapping the goalie situation. Allmark leaves. They didn't want to trade an asset for a guy. Also, he threw this in. We don't want to box players out in any position. We want to make sure that guys like UPL, when they're ready, um, they have the opportunity, but we have competition there. So all of that played into it, and we'll see how it goes. It's guys competing for a spot, and that's uh, that's what we'll see at training camp. 
I mean, that's kind of what we've been saying the whole night, isn't it? He just did our show for us in 15 seconds. We have to draw it out a little bit, though. We've got an hour to kill. Right. We can't just, I mean, all right, that's it. Later. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Yep. Let's get to Darlene, though. Where are you at? Yesterday, I think we were kind of on the same page about wanting a long-term deal. Yes. But I'm wondering more, because Darlene is going to have some leverage here. Darlene is, in my imagination, going to push for a short-term deal. The Sabres, given what just happened, by the way, with Sam Reinhardt and Linus Allmark, that they continued to give them short-term deals... Allmark leaves for nothing, and Reinhardt leaves for a little bit more than nothing. I mean, right. You're not going to want to get yourself anywhere near that same situation with Darlene. You don't want to play around. You want to get that done. But if I'm Darlene, I think I know what my leverage is. I want to earn a bigger cap hit. So I think if the Sabres wouldn't be willing to give him – market rate for the player he sh- he could become and not the player he is, that's when he would do a long-term deal. And I think that's really the conversation we need to have. Not, would you sign him to eight years, $7 million per? Because I think that's an easy yes. Because, yeah, it's a lot, but you're, there's so much upside in a deal like that. And right. there's so much downside for Darlene. But if Darlene comes to you and his agent, Newport Sports, and they say, we'll sign a long-term deal with you right now, but you're going to pay as if he's already taken this next step. You're going to give us, what did Heiskanen get? Eight and a half eight, million? Yeah, eight and a half. You're going to give us eight and a half million over eight years. I'm not opposed to still doing it. I'm not either. I think, I really do think Darlene is going to be good. And by good, I mean... He's already to, good. Yeah, to I mean good to uh, make his number one overall selection justified good. Gotcha. I've seen see and here's the thing and this is why this is an interesting situation. There's been enough good and there's been enough bad where Dalian may jump at the opportunity of long-term security. And at the same time that could turn into good value for the Sabres later on down the line and we talked about the Nathan McKinnon contract last night. I'm not saying Neither of us are saying Darlene's going to end up being as impactful a player as Nathan McKinnon. But towards the end of McKinnon's deal, we're talking about one of the best contracts in sports. If Darlene signs for eight years at seven per or whatever number, even eight per, if he signs at eight per and in seven years from now when the cap will inherently be pretty significantly higher than it is right now mm-hmm. and Darlene is playing at the level of a Norris trophy candidate and the market rate for defensemen will probably I mean what did Dougie Hamilton just get nine exactly so you're already you in that sense you already have value and we're talking about several years down the line in which Dougie Hamilton's will be making more than nine right there's a lot of value to be had here for the Sabres obviously the big thing is you just hope that Darlene turns into a Norris candidate do we and last thing on him before we get out of here for the night. Do we feel like he's a player worth building around? Because with Eichel getting traded, assuming he does at some point, that's the guy that entered the team as the face of the franchise, has been that since, 
and I've always felt was worth building around. You you have an elite centerman, you build around that guy. The Sabres now have a player that has the potential to be a player they've never had before. They've had Jack Eichels. They've had Pat LaFontaine. They've had Gilbert Perot. They've not had a Norris-caliber defenseman ever. Not even like Phil Housley? Housley put up the numbers, but I think given what I've learned about how Sabre fans felt about him, how the league felt about him at the time. Yeah, he was too ahead of his time. He was way too ahead of his time. Yeah. Like He was not valued the same way. So, yes, okay, like he was, prob- he was an elite defenseman back then, but I don't know that he was treated as such. At least to the to the extent he should have been. Sure, but the point is taken. The point is taken that like they this is a guy that they've never really had the opportunity to build around. If he becomes a Norris level defenseman, if he justifies that number one overall pick, I I think I think you can make it work. I've said this before about when really grouping Power in and Yoki Haru and Johnson and all the others, that the blue line could be the Sabres identity. And other teams, by the way, have built around incredible defensemen like Darlene could take another step towards, and it's worked. Like, this isn't the best example of a team I want to strive to be, but Ottawa was a goal away from the Stanley Cup final, and Eric Carlson was far and away their best player. Sure. Like, I think Darlene could be your best player, and it could still work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that you need Shane Wright for it to work. I want Shane Wright, right. the top prospect we're not, next year. We're not year. exactly turning down right. talent at this point. Like, Cousins <laughs> could become a really good player. Right. But I don't need him to become Patrice Bergeron. I think Middlestat could continue to play really well. But I don't need him to become... David Krejci. David Krejci. Right. I don't. I don't need all that to happen. I need some of it to happen. Because I got to get some stuff right. Right. But I think Darlene could can be the face of your franchise. Does that all sound right to you? Yeah, that sounds right to me. And I'm he's he is the I only th- answer think, right now. And, and know the the funny thing well, power, is like power. Maybe. I usually don't like saying things like this, but I think Rasmus Darlene is going to justify his pick. There will at the very minimum there will be years in which he's playing like the best defenseman in the league. Maybe he doesn't sustain it mm-hmm. like a Duncan Keith did in his prime, not now Duncan Keith, or a Victor Hedman has done for years now. But there will be years. Ooh, this is a good. Would you take him being John Carlson? John Carlson has won Norris Trophy. Did he win the Norris? He won the Norris, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Would I take him being John Carlson? I don't have him winning the Norris. I could have swore he won it. Did he not win it I last year? Did. I thought he did too, but uh, Hockey Reference is telling me Roman Yossi won it? I thought he won it. Is Hockey Reference wrong? They're never wrong. I just ranked them today as the number one. He didn't win it. Yossi won it. All right, so Carlson has never won a Norris. But he has been a nominee. Carlson finished second to Yossi. Second to Yossi. Wow, I could have swore he won it. Right. Anyways, he's never won a Norris Trophy, but he's in the conversation. He's been top five in the voting three times. I would say no. I'd want him to be better than John Carlson. And wh- how good do I have to get before you say yes? 
How about Roman Yossi? I'd take him being I Roman would Yossi. Absolutely take. I think Roman Yossi is criminally underrated. The best zone exit or zone entrance man in the league in a runaway in the last five years, and he's a defenseman. That's. I mean, we're talking about. He's a guy who has the skill set to do something similar to that. That's Rasmus Dahlin. I would. Oh, I love that comparison. If he became Nor- Roman Yossi, that'd be a dream. It'd be a dream scenario. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. The NBA draft is starting right now. Um, so if you want to hear coverage of that, I'm sure they'll be covering it at ESPN Radio coming up next year on WGR, also over on ESPN 1520. Me and Brendan will be back tomorrow at se- at 7 o'clock. We'll try to squeeze some bills in. We didn't even mention them today. And training camp is underway. So we'll talk a little football uh tomorrow night and uh we'll see if anything else happens with the sabers between now and then enjoy your night this has been the nightcap on wgr celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details we all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing and once again toyota is leading the way we hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and toyota has them with more on the way but we also know a bev is not for everyone whether it's because of cost range or concern about finding a charging station when you need it plus the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.